Hello, welcome to the belated 25th episode of Stick to Sports. I'm Ryan Lambert from Yahoo Sports. Um, David S. Pumpkins from Sporting News. Oh, I guess, well, I guess we can start by talking about that. Um, we, hey. we had a surprising number of people ask us our opinion this week about uh, Tom Hanks on SNL, perhaps because our most recent episode was an episode of... Oh, no, no, we did a different That was actually... That. Yeah, that was two ago. But anyway, people know we love Tom Hanks, and for some weird reason, there's like this vague controversy around whether David S. Pumpkins was good as a sketch. I, it shouldn't be a controversy. It was good. It was just good. It was funny. It was silly and funny. Yeah, it was both of those things, and, you know... what. They didn't quite have me until, until they until they brought out the initial, <laughs> and he went from David Pumpkins to David has Pumpkins, and then whenever, uh, Christ, I must have called him Bo Bennett. Whenever Beck Bennett said, "I am way in the weeds with David S. Pumpkins," when he kept <laughs> asking all these like specific questions, like, "Is he from a local commercial?" Like I, that's that's when they had me. But I I, I was I, sold on it the second they said, and the and the skeletons are, and the skeletons simultaneously go part of it, part of it. No, it was it was funny, but it it is weird. It it's always funny to see how these things just totally take on a life of their own in a matter of 24 or 48 hours. Yeah. Like it felt like it was hacky for me to say that my name was David S. Pumpkins in, in the start, in the start of the show. Yes, because it's immediately. Been beaten, it's been beaten into the ground so heavily. Uh, yeah. And, I wasn't, I wasn't even home for it. I, I didn't see it live or anything. And the next morning I woke up and it, literally my entire like Facebook feed and timeline on Twitter was just, well, David S. Pumpkins, you know, the the popular thing we all love. Right. In in a matter of three days, I went from thinking it was pretty funny to pretty much not ever wanting to talk about it again. Yeah, I mean, I really like it a lot. I watched it two or three times to like really get all the intricacies of it. And it was I thought it was really great. Um, there's just like little flourishes that you catch on the second time or whatever. But I don't know why anybody would watch it and go, eh, that wasn't good. It was awesome. So that's why we all talked about it. And now I, I feel like it's a little bit of pushback in terms of like, well, now it's so popular, people can't like it or something. They have to say they never liked it. Yeah, that's, it. that's definitely true. But it, it, was, it was funny from the start. I think the more interesting... <laughs> The more interesting discussion is obviously circled around Black Jeopardy. Well, right, and that's another reason now because now people are saying like, well, you know, it, people are paying too much attention to how funny David S. Pumpkins was and not enough attention to how how good Black Jeopardy was. And it's like, no, I think everybody paid like an appropriate amount of attention think, to both. I think an equal amount of attention has been paid to both, and it's possible to like both things. Yeah. <laughs> also, you know, it's a taste. It's a matter of taste too. Like some people don't like inherently absurd premises for sketches, which is what the David S. Pumpkins thing was. And also, and, people don't like inherently political premises for sketches. Exactly. Exactly. So, I mean, I like both very much. Yeah. So I, so I enjoyed both sketches. It, it does need to be. They don't need to be set against one another. But it is funny, though. I, I will say, to see people just so aggressively miss the point 
of the Black Jeopardy sketch. Yeah, uh, it's crazy. I mean, I guess I'm I'm not that surprised because I do read a lot of like the opinion pages in the New York Times and stuff like that and the depths of how dumb these people are who like write political like let's put it this way, you know, the 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 kind of people who think like both sides do it and um, you know, we, we, like centrism is the only way to go forward in this country. Like those are the people who misinterpreted it. And it's because they're like dipshits to begin with. I think so. But like, you also have to have like, there needs to be like, you must not get jokes. Like you, you have to fundamentally not understand comedy. Yeah. These are the, these or, are or the sketch, people who... or sketch or sketch structure, because literally that entire sketch built up to the point of of the of the final jeopardy question it, it it's right. almost it's it's almost like pe- people didn't watch the last 3 seconds of of the sketch it, yeah like I, like and and this is not this is not random random morons on the internet doing this either this is like the atlantic and you know ostensibly theoretically smart publications that are like oh yeah it just shows us how how important it is to come together. And like, that's really not, that's not what the point was. Like, no. It was kind of the opposite. <laughs> yeah. The, the point of black jeopardy in general is, to is, it make... the, is it the fundamental racism of, of that, of like Trump supporters makes it impossible for anybody to come together. Well, no, I'm not even saying that. I'm saying like, if, like if you go to previous black jeopardy sketches, the point is that it's black people kind of making fun of black stereotypes by mm-hmm. acknowledging that the that like the less overtly racist ones are true. Right. And 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 you know, so you you have you have this thing where the second they showed Tom Hanks in the Make America Great Again hat and whatever, I'm like, "Oh, this is going to be about how the like a lot of those things are also true of white poor people. Right. Like that was that was the joke that I understood immediately, right? And there there is the inherent distrust there because white people and specifically Trump supporters have done so much to say to like make black people the other mm-hmm. that they have that they have so little in common with that like it's hard to identify with them. And, and you know the the reason for that, like there's so many, there's so many politically underlying reasons why, like it's more comforting to even like liberal white people to say, well, black people are just inherently different from us in the following number of ways. You so know, the, just a very obvious takeaway though is that the inherent racism of Doug, the the Tom Hanks thing, and his refusal to, you know, his implied refusal you know, implying that he's going to say all lives matter, blue lives matter or whatever. Right. Like that. The point is that that takes away any possible, any possible gains that any possible, yeah. And and, and any possible, any possible shared experiences or middle ground that had been attained in the sketch until that point. It said it it said it was erased because this guy's because of his, because he's a racist, because he's racist. Yeah. And it is, uh, which again, that doesn't need that shouldn't need explained, but it really does kind of seem like it needed explained. Like people really seem to not to have ignored it. It's amazing. 
Oh, yeah, I mean, again, these are people who, like, I'll give you another example of, like, um, you know, Facebook aunt that I've talked about on the show before recently was saying that, like, police uh, brutality and stuff, like, isn't a, a race issue at all. And, you know, when I read it, I just about fell out of my chair, but, like, then I was like, how is it not a race issue? And she said, you know, it basically she said, like, I don't see race and you're the real racist because you see it as a race issue. Oh boy. And like, it's... but that's, that's what these people, like, that's who Tom Hanks was playing. Mm-hmm. And, and, but there are people even in the middle or more in the middle, I guess, like the middle is actually right. But, you know, there are people more in the middle who they're, they legitimately believe, like, I don't see race. And, and that's like a thing they go that's, through their life. That's a huge, I don't trust anybody who says that. Oh, yeah. The, that's anybody who does it is that's a, either lying, racist, lying. or stupid as fuck. Like, those are your three options. For, yeah. and maybe, like, maybe, maybe all three. Well, yeah. Um, but the, the, the other thing, it goes back to that, that, uh, that Woody or uh, the Louis CK thing from when he did SNL, you know, six months or a year ago or whatever, where he said, like, I, I think of myself as being a little racist because when I see a black person in a store, I have to think this is okay. You know, like they're not going to steal from me. And like, at least, and believe me, I have my problems with Louis CK, but at least like he says that, you know what I mean? And like, if, if Trump voters at least said that, I would have more respect for like their intellectual standpoint. Oh yeah, for sure. But to whenever whenever they're saying insanely racist things while saying that they don't see race, that's that's sort of the stasis that I, th- I think we're in. Pretty right. great, pretty great. Yeah, and, and so thirteen days till the election. Yeah, and then every, like these, and then aren't... and then everything will be fine. Yeah, these problems aren't going to be an issue anymore. Nope. Nope. That Everything guy, will be good. That guy who, when I went to get lunch today, was standing on like an island in the middle of a busy intersection and yell with a like Trump yes, Hillary never sign and yelling at people that Bill Clinton is a sex predator. Like those people are just going to all change their minds on November 9th. That's it. I drove past a sign today that said it was for a furnace repair place, like a like a HVAC yeah. uh, place. And it said, make your furnace great again. I thought that was kind of good. Um, I remember remember the whole Mitt Romney, like Obama said, you didn't build that about infrastructure. And Mitt Romney said he was saying that about small business owners not building their own companies. That was a good one. I liked I liked how he how how <laughs> Obama just kind of had to pretend that that is what he said. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, like he was like, like he just kind of had to apologize for it. It's, it's like the basket of deplorables thing where like Hillary just had to kind of eat that one and just say it like not even, not even try to walk, it you know, back, ex- yeah. not even try to explain it or give any sort of nuanced thing where she was like, well, I didn't actually say that right. all of them, but they're like, Oh no, no, you said, you said all of them. But yeah, there was there, when I would go up to visit my parents, there was a, uh, like a car repair place, you know, called like, let's say it's called Dave's Auto. It's not called that, but let's say it's called that. And they had a sign out front. <laughs> Dave's Auto in Lowell, Massachusetts. They had a sign out front literally for months that said, who built Dave's Auto? 
And it was like, what kind of a shithead do you have to be? I mean, that's long enough for people to just forget. Right, the, the, yeah. There's no reference. Yeah, for sure. So, like, this was after the election. This is into, like, December, January. Yeah. Dave's auto was still rocking that sign, making the yeah. political point. Trying, yeah, that's to, like, trying to make that's some like, political hay. That's like the people who are going to go who are gonna go out for Halloween dress up as, like, baskets of deplorables. By the way, my favorite it's, thing about it's, that... It's over, it's over. Is that these people are so ready to, like, be contra to whatever Hillary Clinton says that if she called them like racist pieces of shit, they would have all changed their Twitter names to like Donald the racist piece of shit or whatever. <laughs> Cause they're just that dumb. Yeah. Um, but my favorite thing to come out of like election news this week is uh, Joe Biden living up to the onion uh-huh. stereotype saying he wanted to fight jo- Donald Trump behind a gym if they would. <laughs> and Donald Trump saying, yeah, let's go. Like, like we have we have long we have long ago reached the singularity of real life Biden and Onion Biden. Yeah, I mean that that happened many many years ago. <laughs> they became one when, of the when same. he was double fisting the the ice cream cones while wearing the aviators. <laughs> I think was probably the point. <laughs> but yeah, Joe Biden saying he'd fuck up Donald Trump at like the bike rack, man. <laughs> you know what, what it was was great too was that was that and I'm you know I'm loath to to give Trump like anything resembling uh credit or quarter or, or anything but yesterday when he was like he was like if I said if I said this you know they would they would they would say that that I that you know it was evidence that he's a violent person and blah blah and I was like oh that's actually that's actually kind of yeah, true don't Trump like <laughs> Ninety-seven percent of this stuff he says is bullshit, and then like every three percent, you're just like, "Fuck, he got him!" <laughs> like, yeah, like, absolutely like, yeah. right. But you know, obviously, Biden doesn't have a history of saying like insanely violent things, and Biden is not run is not running for president. And no, you sure. Know, and Biden was speaking emotionally about an emotional thing, whereas Trump, you know, talks about beating up protesters and stuff. So it's not the same thing. No, it's but, it's not. But, it's not, but like again, it's God, just it the is. thing of like when yeah. during during the Republican uh, primaries when he was like, meanwhile Jeb and Rubio have to go like grovel at Sheldon Adelson's feet, and it was like, oh shit, <laughs> yeah. he's bringing Wait, up what? dark That's money. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man. Or I I thought in the second debate when everybody like until he started like really getting mad. Like he had, he had Clinton on the ropes on a few subjects where I was just like, yeah, he's got a good point there about, you know, Hillary Clinton's bad foreign policy decisions and all that kind of thing Yep. where I was just, and like I said, 3% of the stuff Donald Trump says, you're like, yeah, you're right. This is a fucked up system, Donald. And then the rest, it's and, like, and Muslims need to be, you know, put in work camps. And you're like, okay, well, you know what? You lost me, but yeah, yeah, you have you have me there for a second with 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 the Sheldon Adelson stuff, but yeah, I don't know, no, you had a grip, on, you had a grip on something, and then you and then you just let go because you you saw a butterfly, basically. Yeah. Um. um well, that was quite a quite a bit of election talk. That's fine. I don't. I like it. Uh, yeah. Totally. I, I have an endless appetite for it. Um, I could, I, 
you know what? I thought I I thought I kind of reached my limit a few. This is actually a while ago now. This is probably about a month ago. I was like, I can't do this anymore. Like I was just. But I man, I have found my I have found my second <laughs> I found my second wind. Yeah, I, like like I said, I read the opinion pages of like you know the major papers, you know a few times a week, let's say, and so I just and you know it's totally a thing of I read them to get mad because I don't agree with any of their opinions. Um, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's even even beyond that. It's just you know constant a constant stream of of uh it's just what whether it's twitter or just having some one of those cable networks on just because i mean i'm a sucker i'm i'm a sucker for it and i I really i really thought i was gonna like get out of obsessing over the presidential politics game but i'm not i'm in forever baby let's go it's 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 so much fun oh this is great because that's because that's part of it like like you almost have to obsess over it to uh like just lean into the total terrifying nature of of the entire of the entire operation yeah absolutely um on, on a lighter note though i i sent you a text message on sunday that you were very annoyed by and and for good reason because i got to live the Sean Gentilly dream of attending ah, the yeah. Price is Right live. Yeah, it was I, awesome. I was I was covering uh, Steelers Patriots at the time, so I was doubly doubly annoyed because that, that was a terribly boring game, boring crappy game even by NFL standards. So yeah, I'm glad I'm glad you got to you got to have fun while I was dealing with that. Yeah, it was it was amazing, my friend. I didn't even know about it, and a friend of mine was like, uh, "We had somebody drop out last minute. Uh, if you can get to Lowell by three o'clock, you know it's all yours." And it was so we're sitting there, we're talking about like, "Oh, what's your favorite game in The Price is Right?" That kind of thing. And it was me and like I don't know, ten of my friends ended up going. It, there were a lot of us. It's great. And um, and it was. You know, well, then, ex- exp- explain what this is, though. Oh yeah, sorry. Like, so the Price is Right live, they do like a stage version of the Price is Right that's not on TV or anything. It's just like an audience participation for like twelve hundred people or however many showed up for this event. Um, and it was it was crazy because we're sitting there talking. The you know it's it's pretty full and flash like. I don't know anything about it. Like, I don't know. I assume Drew Carey's not going to be there for obvious reasons. But I'm like, who's going to be the host of this thing? And then flashed on the screen, like they had big screens and like, at, you know, a couple of points in the in the building and flashed on the screen was today's host, Jerry Springer. That's amazing. So, so they was... just they, they they keep you in the dark of who the host is going to be until until you're there. At, well, at least insofar as like um did my, nobody my friends know and i didn't know did um, nobody know that jerry springer was the host or did you just not know that jerry springer I, was? I i think i think well definitely me and all my friends didn't know but like the guy next to us was like oh yeah i knew it and so i you know i don't know maybe maybe it was advertised but none of us saw it or whatever i don't know but it was when it came up like we all lost our minds for obvious reasons um oh. And he was a pretty good host, I gotta say. I believe that. Uh, I totally believe that. He leaned a little too much into, like, all the people on my show are freaks humor. 
Yeah. Um, you know, like one of the women that went up was like a dental hygienist and he said, you should come work for our show, except we'd have to pay you a finder's fee for finding anybody's teeth. Ha ha Mm -hmm. ha. Um, although the first, the first joke of that he did was, uh, like the first woman who won, uh, she had just gotten married for like, like a month earlier. And he said, you know, if it doesn't work out, here's my card, come on my show. And I thought that was very funny. Um, so what was the what was the high point? Well, just well the the the, the real high point I guess was when my friend Tyler got picked to go to contestants oh, nice. row. Um, we we flipped out obviously, uh, and he he so it was like a coffee maker or something, <laughs> and he's like and it, but it was like a, a clearly an expensive one, and so we we're all trying to sit there and figure out. What's an expensive coffee maker cost? And he bids two fifty. He had to go first, which you never want to be the guy who bids first. That um, seems way too expensive. Well, here's the thing: the guy, the guy after him, bids two fifty one. Which uh, not only is that a dick move, yeah. but it's also not it, good strategy. It's also yeah. The guy after you can just go two fifty two, and then you're fucked, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it ended up costing six hundred dollars. Oh my god. Yeah, it was insane. Wait, was it was it like a? That's it, yeah. It was know. like a really high end one, obviously. Yeah, uh, obviously. Um, but yeah, so like he didn't win, obviously, and and he said as the as they were like leaving the stage, uh, the guy next to him just goes, "Hey man, it's just a game," and he was like, "Fuck you, dude!" Like, it's just a game. Like yeah. I like I. I'd be like, yeah, that's fine. You don't, you don't need to tell me that, though, man. Yeah, no, that, and that's why, just and that's just, why, he, just don't, just don't say anything. Just right. go home. That, that was his point. Kind of was like, just don't talk to me. That's yeah. fine. Um, no, I get, I get it, but don't say anything. <laughs> but yeah, they, they had all the, they had all the fixins. They had the big wheel. They had uh, mountain climber game. Yeah. They had the punch out card game. That's a good one. Uh, they had the one where you have to guess the price of, you know, five grocery items. And if you're over by, you know, Certain you can be plus of... or minus $2 and win. Mm-hmm. Um, how, how long did all this last? It was probably like two, two and a half hours. They they closed with Plinko and, and then the uh, the showcase for obvious reasons. But... Yeah, was, I've, I've never I've never heard of this happening. So that's that's really Yeah, that's apparently really cool. it's not really a very common thing. My my friend like uh only found out about it cuz they did it a couple years ago and like nobody went to it basically, but they had bought tickets. Um and so they got like an email alert from Ticketmaster or whatever like, "Hey, Price is Right is coming back." And so they yeah, it hits, it hits mainly small towns. Well, that's a, that's not totally true, but it's at it's at uh it's at Foxwoods for a while. For the which for makes a week, sense. yeah, yeah, Zanesville, Ohio, which is like outside Columbus, Lima, Sandusky, Louisville. Yeah, it's passing, passing right on by Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. That's a shame. I would I would urge anybody out there to go because. Like, you know, you're going and you're like, what's this going to be like? This is, you know, you're not going to be as excited, that kind of thing, as you would be for like, you know, if you were actually in L.A. for a taping of The Price is Right. And yet, the second they bring out like 
you know, the the lady's handbag for for the first item up for bid. You're screaming 250 like a maniac. Like a like like an ass. Yeah, it's it's they actually do they hit up pretty a pretty wide range of of sizes of cities. Like it's in it's in Kansas City and Jacksonville and Atlanta and like suburban suburban Seattle and whatever like San Antonio, places like this. So yeah, it's everywhere. New Orleans. Yeah. This this is this is bullshit. It needs to come to Pittsburgh. Yeah, no kidding. Like you're their target demographic. You'd pay yeah. literally any amount of money to go to this. I would uh Yeah, I, I probably <laughs> would. <laughs> no, I, I would I would definitely pay I would pay too much money to, to see this for sure. Yeah. Uh, so you went you went for free? Uh twenty bucks. Oh, that's that's perfect. It was a steal. I would pay a hundred dollars to to go to this. Yeah, you know what? You you would get your money's worth. I I really think that it was it I was paid a great a, time. I paid more than a hundred dollars to see Billy Joel. Yeah, more. what's the most I more ever than. paid? I actually I was just talking to someone about this because um, they're going to see Billy Joel at MSG on Friday. Um, and they were saying like, you know, we paid too much money for it, but I've never seen Billy Joel. And if you're going to see Billy Joel at Madison square garden, like go all out. That's something, that's something to spend a little bit more money than you're comfortable spending. Yeah, exactly. So I, and I was trying to think like, what's the most I ever spent to go to something (laughs) that was like, you know, just like a one-off thing. And I think the time I paid $95 to see Motorhead is probably the answer. That's worth it. Yeah. I mean, this was like two years ago, so it was pretty yeah. close to like Lemmy's final tour ever if it wasn't right. the actual last one they ever went on. So I saw them. They were awesome. I got exactly what I wanted out of it, and I didn't miss the $95. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I paid $18 to watch the dude from – uh, beach slang play songs by himself a couple days ago. Did you really? I'd I'd pay I'd pay eighteen dollars to see that. That's for sure. It was it was a very frustrating experience. How so? So the the guitarist, the the other guitarist, not the guy who not the guy who sings and writes all the songs, but like I don't know if I don't know if he's an actual band member, which is a touring guitarist. Some old allegations of abuse popped up surrounding yes, him yeah yeah, yeah. that guy's couple, out of the band a, now a couple weeks ago he is out of the band and i think uh james whatever his name is his plan for the rest of the show was to just for the rest of the tour was to just play the songs by himself um mainly mm-hmm. uh not not acoustic but just sit up there with his normal guitar and just kind of plow through stuff and uh and it was fine and i appreciate the effort and they're good songs but it just didn't really it wasn't really what i wasn't really what I was hoping for. Yeah. Um, Had you paid the, to see Beach Slang specifically? No, I, I Bleached was there too, and they, and they were and they were they were no. Good. But I mean, like, was it a thing where you paid thinking you oh, were yeah. going to see Beach Slang? Okay. Oh yeah, I I bought I bought the tickets like whenever I saw that they were on sale like a couple months ago. So sure. it was it was it was long before it was long before. A little bit of a uh, bait and switch is what it sounds like to me. You know, I, it's it was not it was not long ago that that this guy got no I know I know this dude got kicked out of the band but it it was God it it was it, it was it was kind of a bummer and the most frustrating part about it by the way and, and the, the only time that I got actually sort of mad was he brought up I guess the bassist was still like hanging out like with the tour so he brought up the bassist and had someone else play drums for 
for he, he played Where Is My Mind, the Pixie song. Well, so I was like, I was like, why can you not like I just have so if you have the touring bassist like I, I was i was at the show with my buddy who's like who's a drummer in a local band i was like why could you not if the bassist is gonna be around anyways just just have a have a drummer show up and just do do whatever and still have like some some heft but behind behind the the guitar i it was i was really frustrated yeah that that strikes me as an incredibly bad <laughs> Uh, way to go about things like obviously it's a tough situation for the band to like lose a tour a member in the middle of a tour for like a very good reason obviously well here's here's my here's my here's what i think is going on with it i i thought he said something about how he had how they had like a document how they had somebody you know maybe not a documentarian but they had somebody videoing uh the performances mm-hmm. and i in my cynical thought is that it's a it'll make a better road documentary if it's like here's James from Beach Lang just going out every night and playing electric by himself yeah versus versus here's James with the with his with his bassist and and you know some other guy uh, and then and then some other guy who they hired for the night like that's less that's less interesting than just being like yep I got to do it I got to do it alone all the time yeah but like it was it was cool, you know. Of course, they played a couple of replacement songs, and that was fine. And there were a few covers, and like he, he sounded good, but it just wasn't it wasn't what I it wasn't what I signed up for. For sure, yeah. So that's a bit of a bummer, but what are you gonna do? I guess nothing. Yeah, no, you're just gonna sit there and groove on it, man. Uh, do you want to move into the draft here? Yeah, sure. Okay. Uh, this week's draft. I don't know how many. How many you want to do on this? Ten. Ten. It is. Sounds very, very good to me. Um. So this week's draft is sitcoms. We're just mm-hmm. gonna draft. We we talked about this a little bit a few weeks ago. Now we're gonna make it official. We're gonna draft our ten, uh, ten favorite slash best sitcoms of all time. And uh, this week. Young man named Sean Gentilly out of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania has the first pick. First time. First time for everything. Because I am better at drafts than you are. Well, that's not always the case, apparently. <laughs> okay. Uh, and we are – so a couple ground rules, too. This is – this does not – this is did not include – Animated shows, which I have a little bit of a problem with, but that's fine. And it does not include. Uh, we're gonna eyeball it in terms of if a show's too much, too much dramedy. The too example much I used com. was Freaks and Geeks is a right. bit too so, much drama for me to be a sitcom, a which, straight sitcom. You know that's fine. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll concede that it's a great show, but that, oh but yeah, that, I, that, I like that is why. It, that that is why Freaks and Geeks is not going to be picked. Okay. First pick overall. And I don't think this is necessarily the best sitcom of all time for a lot of reasons. No, you but do think that. No, I it's definitely the one that I that I if I'm stuck on a desert island somewhere and I only have one sitcom to watch, I am taking Seinfeld. A classic mistake. You walked right into my trap. I know. 
because I'm picking Cheers number one overall. Both okay. unbelievably great and very popular with everybody. Everybody loves Cheers. I don't know if I care for us like going this far in on trying to just win the draft versus picking what we like, but whatever. Well, let me put it this way. Cheers is probably one of my two or three favorite sitcoms of all time. Yeah. So. No, that's fine. You can't, you can't go wrong with it whatsoever. So that's okay. Uh, second pick. This is when stuff starts getting hard because I, I feel like, I feel like Cheers and Seinfeld are probably going to go, going to go number one, number two, no matter what. Yep. Uh, with my second pick, I am taking The Office, American. This office. Cool, cool, cool. And I – so that to me is the previous generation's cheers. It's very, very similar. It got – it turned into total shit in season seven, but whatever. <laughs> I, I would contend it, it turned into total shit before that, but fair no, enough. It, season, season five was fine. Six was wiggly. Seven was bad. Uh, What's the one with Robert California? The second that guy got introduced. I think that was, think that was six. Yeah. But seasons two and three of The Office are perfect. so phenomenal. They're perfect. They are, that's perfect television. Yeah. And I watch them constantly. I watch them if I'm like sick, if I'm not feeling well. Like that's, that's I like, can't tell you the number of times I've watched uh, Casino Night. I, it's probably a hundred. <laughs> I don't even. Oh yeah, that. it's. I'll put that up against any hour of television ever produced. Yep. It's that good. And, it's hilarious. No. It's so. It's so touching. Like it's <laughs> it's everything you would want. Like fan service. Why it's perfect. For sure. For sure. It's got pathos. It's got great jokes. It's it's everything that I've want out of uh television for sure and maybe just you know culture in general yeah i love the office yeah oh i i love early the office very much when michael scott left i had problems uh, it's i mean obviously like that like no, that that was when i like i watched yeah. i watched every episode but really didn't like it for a very long time um mm -hmm. And then, you know, the finale is, once again, perfect. So totally, totally, totally. wrapped everything up in a, in a really great way. Um, I'm going to go with a different uh, NBC show here. This, this might be a little bit of a reach, but I'm going to go with 30 Rock. Completely defensible pick. Best jokes that... Yeah, it was I, a it was a joke factory conceived. like you can't believe, you know. Um yeah, I I can't I can't fault that other than to say like it, you know, just like I said with the office, like there needs like I got to I if I'm if I'm watching 10 sitcoms for the rest of my life, like it can't just be a steady diet of jokes like there, there needs to be you got to have a cheers or a or an or a or a uh office in there or what have sure. you yeah so anyways with my third pick arrested development Ooh, that's a solid pick solid solid pick 
I, I think you could say that, like, I, in just terms of straight enjoyment, in <clears throat> just obsessive level, like, obsession-worthy stuff, I think the first, since the, since the Netflix season didn't happen, <laughs> the, the first three seasons of that on Fox were just, again... Close, I'd say I'd say perfect. two. I, I think three has problems. Um, it has it has problems, but uh, but I'm I'm willing I'm willing to to roll it all together and just say that one and two first, are perfect. First run, once again, first one run and two are box. perfect. Mm-hmm. So, I uh, yeah, again, completely defensible pick. Um, I think then that I'm gonna go with the Larry Sanders show. Can't go wrong with that one, man. That I mean, that, very much the precursor to your The Office and all those other kind of single camera shows. That for sure, and that was something too that I like came onto fairly late in life. Like I, I think I the first time I watched it was well, you were like four years old when it when it started airing. So oh yeah, but like no, obviously, but like I, I mean, I watched it like very recently. Like like I watched it on Netflix. Like I didn't oh, I didn't wow, get DV- yeah. I didn't get DVDs of it. Like I I watched I've watched it in the last like 5 years. Yeah, I I you know in like the mid 2000s I want to say I, I like found a, a torrent website that had every mm-hmm. episode and I was like Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah I just didn't I didn't quite I didn't quite get into it on that <clears throat> on that level. Um No, it's hilarious. I I think I think maybe at least two of the better comedic performances of all time in uh, Rip Torn and, and Jeffrey Tambor. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, I've now picked... Uh, we, we just picked two Jeffrey Tambor shows in pretty rapid succession. <laughs> Transparent, not a sitcom. No, but he's pretty funny on it, honestly. So Yeah, not a sitcom, though. No, I would agree. Um... Okay, so now we're. I think the super obvious ones are kind of off the board. Oh, I don't know. I th- I think there are a few more. Is that true? Yeah, I definitely think so. Mm, that's interesting. I and again the way the way I'm watching all the way I'm approaching this draft is like what would I want to if I was stuck somewhere watching something? Yeah, like these are your ten forever. Right. Yeah. And so with that in mind, with my fourth pick. Friends. Friends. You're really locking down the popular ones. They're popular for a reason. Like, like if I, if I'm stuck somewhere on an island watching TV, like, sure, there's got to be a lot of stuff, eh? And just it's got to be stuff that I just inherit. Like, I I know for a, like, there's not. Do I think that like Friends is like on an artistic level? <laughs> you know some sort of achievement no but it's yeah. totally but there's something to be said for the fact that you there's can watch like, nine episodes of it, friends and not yes, even notice in that there's a hundred and whatever 200 I, don't, I honestly don't i don't know there, how there, I, I think i looked it up recently there's like 210 there's gotta, or something there's like gotta that. be 200 right yeah like you know that even the bad ones are going to be watchable on one on one level or yeah. another Absolutely. And, and the thing I, I think I might have said it on the show before, but the thing I really like respect the hell out of about Friends is they had alts for every punchline the entire series. They had like four or five different punchlines, which is incredible. Yeah. 
Like, obviously, mm-hmm. that doesn't, like, make it into the show, so you can't really judge it on that level. But, like, when I when I heard that where, like, you know, they would be like, oh, that didn't really get the laugh we, we were hoping for. Okay, here's a completely different punchline. Here's a different, yep. And they could do it four times or five times per joke. How many, you know, 22-minute episodes, there's probably four jokes a minute for 210 episodes? Like, that's insane how yeah, much work they put in. It, it's relentless, and, you know, I can appreciate that. Yeah, I love it. So, you know, it, would, I, would I take, like, the best Friends episode over the best episode of, like, Cheers or, uh, well, or the here's op- the thing the best friends the episode like, being, I, don't so. I mean you know the the game show episode of friends it's like yeah I don't think it's so. perfect oh well no the the B story in that is borderline unwatchable with Phoebe and yep uh but yeah the A story compare in that, that compare that compare that to casino night where you know in casino night that the the C story is the D story is great there, uh, what's the, the, the D story is is what is Kevin gambling away and losing all his money? Yes. Like Jesus Christ, that's that's. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So like that's that's what I'm saying. Like I get like it, I'll, man. I'll take I'll I'll take that over over Friends. But I, like I said, there's something to be said for there's something to be said for McDonald's and there's something to be said for friends. And I kind of look at it, at it the same way. Yeah, for sure. Um, for my number four, I, I, I went with news radio. Oh, I love news radio. Oh, buddy. I so love good. Love it. I, I think this is too high for news radio, but I, but not by much. Yeah. Great jokes. Great Every jokes. character. Great. The, the cast is perfect. I mean, yeah. you know, let's it put just it this got, way. It gave us Jimmy James and Bill McNeil. Like, if it yeah. gave us one of those things, we'd have been in great shape forever. I totally, I totally agree with you. No, it's, I, like I said, I think it's a bit, it's a bit high for me personally, but not, it, it honestly might, it honestly might not be. This is, this is probably where news radio in a fair world should, should be taken. Yeah. I agree with you. Um, Okay, what is this? This is my uh, fifth. Your fifth pick. Fifth pick. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Parks and Rec. Yeah, I was afraid you were gonna do that. I love Parks and Rec. That's another one. That, like in the way that people watch Friends, like mindlessly on Netflix. If I don't feel good or whatever, I'll throw on three episodes of Parks and Rec. Like just this bounce my- around the seasons. It's it, like I'm still just so pissed that NBC doesn't like NBC's just comedy dry right now. Like it, like think of what we think of what what we all of our picks here: Cheers, The Office, Parks and Rec, News Radio. Like, there's something about NBC comedies, and it bums me out that there like really isn't any great ones right now. Thirty Rock. Yeah, it's, you know, and and that's without mentioning other greats like The Single Guy, Caroline in the City. <laughs> Men Behaving Badly. Oh, all the good ones. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, Parks and Rec, another perfect cast. Everybody on it has gone on to, like, bigger and better things. Like, literally everybody on that show. 
So Absolutely. yeah, I, I, you know, I love it. I, I love everybody. Like that's one of those shows where I watched like two episodes and I said, Ooh, the guy who plays Andy is going to be a major star. Like he just had it. We've, we've talked, we've talked about this before. Yeah. I knew Chris Pratt because I watched Everwood with my sister and my right. mom when I was, when I was, when I was a kid. So I've, I've been in on pop. I've been in on, uh, I've been in on on uh, Chris Pratt for a long time. Yeah, I called him and Adam Driver on Girls. Uh, I, like I remember on the first season of Girls, I was like, "This kid's a star. This kid has." <laughs> you're but you're buying buying low on on Adam Driver. I like it. Ground floor. I, I I thought he was so compelling in that first season of Girls that I was just in on whatever else he did, including that really rotten movie where uh, Ben Stiller wears the oh. wears the hat. The hat. The trilby, don't call it a fedora. It's a trilby. Oh boy, that, did you see that movie? <laughs> no, I I don't. I I'm out on on that on that stuff. Like I don't need, I don't want to watch Noah Baumbach make movies starring Ben Affleck any or Ben Affleck Ben Stiller anymore. Like I'm done. I watched I watched Green Bomb and was like, nope, I'm I'm finished. It was truly unwatchable. Like it, it was a really bad movie that I didn't enjoy even slightly. Mm-hmm. Everybody was as arch as possible. Anyway, um, speaking of NBC sitcoms, I'm going to go with – not that this is an NBC sitcom, of course, but I'm going to go with Curb Your Enthusiasm. It's a good pick. Thought about it. Thought about it in the last round. It's like it, – I know it just doesn't it's, – it, it's, a, it's a sitcom. Obviously, it's a sitcom, yes. but – Something about it doesn't feel like a sitcom. I prefer it to Seinfeld. I, I think I, I like I I never really liked Seinfeld. Uh, like not that I d- disliked it, I guess, but like I never really engaged with it the way other people have. Obviously, um, obviously. But Curb was my way into enjoying Seinfeld a lot more than I did. It's interesting. So, Very interesting. So there you go. That's why I um, love Curb Your Enthusiasm. Every character on it, hilarious. It gave us Leon. That's all I need. Can't can't knock you for it, buddy. Um. Okay, so this is my fifth pick. We're doing ten, by the way, right? Yep. Six. That's your sixth. Six. Sixth pick. Roseanne. Fucker. That was my sixth pick. God damn it. That, I love Roseanne. I love it. I love it. I loved it as a kid. Yes. I loved it. And I and I <clears throat> I was actually when I when I dropped down my cable tier like subscription to the point where I like didn't have oxygen or or uh you know WE or any or any of the the, the women centric channels that you Roseanne lost, you lost out on Roseanne. Yes, because Roseanne is unfairly like pigeonholed i think to uh, roseanne should be on every channel it and it's, it's 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 on it's on the ladies channels right which which seems unfair so whenever you lose those channels you lose you lose out on roseanne and that is that and i'll i gotta say the last season gets knocked because of course it does it's insane because for a lot of reasons but she deserves credit just for completely destroying the premise of the show in, yes. in the last in the last season of it but no, man. The for the just for the for the subject matter that was that was uh, that was broached there, you know, just in terms of being poverty, act, 
an actual an actual working class yeah like working poor family like the balls that took to do that a it is important and b just to surround it with the jokes and the pathos that she did john goodman is the greatest yep and uh i am thrilled to to be able to take Roseanne with 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 my sixth pick yeah that's a very that's a very solid pickup I'm going I'm gonna go with a classic one here as well um it's a show that it hasn't necessarily aged that well but the performances are so good that uh I think it carries it and I think that there is a lot of like kind of analogous like it was very ahead of its time I'm picking all in the family yeah absolutely I I don't know that that's is I don't know that the jokes quite hold up the way that. Yeah, well, that's that's what I mean. It hasn't like the jokes are maybe the thing that aged the worst about them, which I guess isn't great for a sitcom. But like, no, but it's just for just like in terms of historical importance. Yeah, if absolutely. That's, if that's where we're going on, like that's number one. Yeah. But the print, like I, I think maybe the the way we define the draft heard it a little bit but yeah you know. well that's why I put, like you know if we were doing like great sitcoms, the greatest it, it, yeah. yeah it would be it would be like number one or two or three at the latest so For sure but if these are if these are desert island things man i'm whatever i'm i'm comfortable with with the way we're doing this okay yeah. uh next number seven yes golden girls Wow, I didn't even have that listed. It's a good show. It's a very good show. Have you watched it show. recently? Have you watched have you, how many episodes of the of Golden Girls have you watched in the last like couple years? A handful. It, like I say, I enjoy it. Um it's very good. So I don't I I'm not knocking it absolutely not. I like it. And I feel like maybe that was a little high for it, but you know, Again, I, that's one of those ones where I think people, you know, it's it's film. It's like it's parts of it are so dated. The way that it looks and and the premise is just you know has been. It seems so high concept that you know people maybe knock it now or something. But that's just it's airtight. Just it's funny as hell and yep. re, and also also just re, reliably funny uh, with four awesome consistent performances so yep yep um by the way my favorite fact about that is uh two years ago i saw that it was uh james hetfield's birthday Mm -hmm. and on that day james hetfield was older than rue mcclanahan was the day they started filming golden girls yeah it's really crazy when you go back and see like what because i did that recently too i was like i wonder how old you know you do the math like they were playing much older than all, all of them yes were all playing of them. much older than they than they actually were yeah very 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 funny to me to think of james hetfield as being older than any of the golden girls but <laughs> that is funny um next up i'm gonna go with it's always sunny in philadelphia yep can't knock that i mean i, I that's one that i've totally I, I feel like I've I feel like I've fallen off with like I, I haven't watched it in years. But I, like the first, I'll say this, right? It's as good or better than it's ever been. Is yeah. that true? Like so? Yeah, so I swear you, to God, yeah. you continue. You continue to like you watch it 
habitually. Still. Yeah, every every I'm I'm waiting for the new. I think the new season's in January. I'm waiting like I'm excited about it. That's wild. Like, have you? Okay, let me put it this way: Have you seen the episode Shardy McDennis, The Game of Games? No. After this podcast, go watch that on Netflix. It is unbelievably funny. Hmm. So. That that it, is my recommendation. It sounds like I need to have like Game of Thrones knowledge there. Which, what do you mean? Do I have to have Game of Thrones knowledge to enjoy that show? No, you can drop that in an episode of the show. You, no, you can drop. It, it's it's just a, a thing. Like it, you know, it, it introduces a way for them to be crazy and have like, you know, even reveal even more of how fucked up all their relationships are. Basically, mm-hmm. okay. It's well, really great. Uh, what round is this? Eight. Except for you. Eight. Okay. This is another one. I'm going to take it just because I, just because I like it. it. Party Down. Yeah. Solid. Real solid. Only two seasons, but that, I think I, very great seasons. Boy. I need to rewatch it. It, yes, you should. It's, it totally, it totally, it still works. I wa- yeah, I watched it while it was on, and I haven't revisited it since it ended. So it's yeah, it's also really funny to see like how many people again. Yeah, to- another cast of everybody went on to be right. big. Yeah. Um. Okay. Go ahead. Um. This is a tough one. You know what? I'm gonna go with the British Office. You can have it. I know that like we're not supposed to like Ricky Gervais. No, anymore. no, no, no. I, I, I. That's not. That's not what I'm talking about. I. That show's so show so goddamn funny. Yeah. Still is. Um. I don't know that I. Yeah. Whatever. I. It, it's worth having just so you can listen to Free Love on the Free Love Freeway. <laughs> <laughs> Which, the first time I saw that. Oh. I wish I, – holy hell. I wish there was – I wish there was a camera on me. Yeah. The first the, the, the first time he brought out the uh, the guitar and played Free Love Freeway. Oh. <laughs> uh, like the – Because this is – Honestly, the, the way that show has informed like the beats of how jokes are delivered on oh, shows even sure. now yes. is incredible. Like, Absolutely. like even just something as simple as assistant to the regional manager, like, yeah. so it's such a simple joke, but it's like, it's such an insight into like how the business world is obsessed with status and mm-hmm. like, and that's, by the way, it's just to go back to the Simpsons really quickly, there's the episode where Milhouse's parents get divorced is my favorite episode of all time. And one of the things that happens throughout that episode is they they make reference to the fact that Kurt Kirk Van Houten is like obsessed with <laughs> like he's a big wheel down at the sewing store. He's a major player at the cracker factory. At the cracker factory, yeah. And like just so inconsequential, but like he says these things so proud. It it, <laughs> it brings me so much joy to like see that kind of thing highlighted. I don't know why. But yeah, I, that's what I love about the office is like the mundanity that they found so much like kind of cruelty in how mundane it is, yeah. you yeah. know? 
that it's true. Like that's it's the yeah. I think cruel is is the right that's the right word that's the right word to use. So number oh, nine for you. Number nine. Um, this is okay. This is a recent addition. Ooh. But you know, uh, I'm gonna pick Silicon Valley. Wow. That's yeah, even kinda, that's even newer than I would have expected. Even newer than you would have. What what is? Okay. Well, well, when you said new, I, I didn't think you meant like currently airing new episodes. Yeah. Although I no, guess Curb's I mean, coming back, so hey. Right. We'll see about that. And so is it's always sunny. Yeah, I guess I I guess I went yeah. with a bunch of new stuff too, but. Yeah, I mean, if if we well, I mean, it's we always could've. sunny's been on. Like this is entering like season twelve, I think. So. Yeah, that's. I mean, that show's gonna be on forever. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I. I mean, that's another. That's another one. I mean, that. It's great. It's great. It's great. It's. Uh, it, and if if it ends now, then you know I, I'm comfortable taking just three seasons of of that show. Well, they're bringing it back. That's. Well, I know that. I know that. But I'm saying like. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, like, I'm cool like taking going, it on its own merits. Like right tomorrow. Now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. Um. You know what? Screw it then, my man. I'm going to go with a relatively new one as well, although this one has wrapped up for good. Eastbound and Down. Yeah, thought about it. I If you go back and rewatch some of it, I, there that show's really uneven. Like like I I appreciate well, sure. I appreciate the like it as a body of work and the sort of risks that they take uh constantly with it, but I think, I think it's. Uh, I don't know. There's ups and downs. Uh, if you know, if it was just a thing of like, I just took a DVD of the first season. I'm in. Like, yeah. First uh, season's great. The amount, but stuff. The mm. amount I think about in the pilot when he sees April and he turns his back yeah. in the doorway and he says April <laughs> and the way he laughs to himself. Yeah. <laughs> like I can't explain. He does it the, twice. The um, yeah, because she didn't hear him. The he does first the exact time. same. He does it the exact same way. The casual laugh. He does it twice. The casual laugh to me is maybe the funniest thing that's ever been put on TV. I just love. I just love how perfect. Like that. How perfect. That's such a North Carolina. Like just the the accents, like everything's everything's just great. I rewatched it all recent or the first season recently. So and did I, I. I forgot about how funny Rick, the Ric Flair Ashley Schaefer character is. Yes. Ah, uh, I forgot about. I never. I I never could for, forget how funny that character is. Well, man. like I remembered it being funny, but I didn't remember it being as funny as it it's, is. It's 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 really funny. Um, I I didn't remember how quickly stevie janowski turned into a monster yeah yeah he's calling people ass blood by like the fourth episode <laughs> when he's screaming way, at the kids the not to look at <laughs> <laughs> by the way i i watched a couple episodes of the grinder the grinders extremely like, funny i i'm gonna say this perfect season of television it's extremely funny, and I had no idea that Stevie Janowski was involved with it in any way at all. And he is basically like Stevie Janowski again. 
I hope that guy plays nothing but Stevie Janowski uh, characters. I, I think I, I think I think the die is cast with him. Yeah. I but I just hope he's playing some version of Stevie Janowski for the rest of his life. Like eighty five year old that guy. No, he will be. Oh uh, yeah, the grinder the grinder is unbelievably funny. Yeah. Again, everybody on it's great. Like I, I love Imagine. And, like basically it's the the I'm gonna bring it back to the Simpsons again. It's the Frank Grimes episode mm-hmm. where Fred Savage is Frank Grimes because he can <laughs> see that this guy's full of shit and nobody else it can and it drives him fucking berserk. What what percentage chance do you think that, that like Roblo did not know that that was a comedy? <laughs> I feel like I feel like there's a real chance that Roblo thought that he was that he was making like a sincere show about he, an actor who I'm gonna say this. He knew it was a comedy, he didn't know it was about him. No. And it is absolutely it is like I don't even know that it's like that they turned the dial on Chris Traeger from Parks and Rec like one notch to the left. Yeah. Because it, like it's pretty much the same. Yep. And that's fine with me. It is perfect. It, it, it perfect. is perfect. Last pick for you. Christ, I, I completely... You, you, pick, you pick Curb. Okay. I picked Eastbound and Down. Curb was like... Uh, Earth, Earthbound and Down. Ago. Sorry, I'm getting my, getting my uh, HBO shows mixed up. Mm-hmm. All right. With my last pick... Uh, I'm just going to... I'm going to do it because I've talked about it so much already. I'm taking Taxi. Yeah, it's a great one. I mean, it's, yeah, it's so bleak <laughs> and existential in, in spots. But, man, that's a that's a great show. Yep. That's another one. Like, like that show could easily, with, like, vi- minimal tweaks, that show could be made today. Oh, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And, it, and, like, just, like, tonally... It, it would fit so well on FX or something right now. Yep. Um, anyways. Yep. With my last pick, I'm going to take the original sitcom, The Honeymooners. Um, I don't know if you've, like, sat down and watched The Honeymooners. I it's haven't. It's still goddamn whole. Like, the takes that they that they got from, like, everybody on this show – well – Except the woman who plays Trixie. She was like the opposite of funny, but that was kind of the point, I guess. Um, was that Ed Norton's wife? Yes. Yeah. Um, but Alice Cramden, she's hilarious. Ralph Cramden, obviously like one of the great sitcom characters of all time. Ed Norton, fantastic. And, mm-hmm. you know, they did. Th- they only did 39 original episodes of, of like the complete episodes because, you know, it was it was on the Jackie Gleason show before that and as like a sketch, like a recurring sketch, but they turned it into a 22 minute sitcom. And every sitcom that we have named so far today has some element of the Honeymooners. in Oh, it. yeah, for sure. I mean, that's that that uh, that part of it can't be. But like. Uh, so, for example, there's an episode where he goes on like a name that tune. Uh, Ralph Cramden goes on a, a name that tune type of a a game show, and 
the the joke is that Ralph Cramden knows any song who wrote it the year it came out like like the back of his hand. Mm-hmm. And to help him warm up, Ed Norton is like he can play piano, so he's like playing a tune, and he'll be like, "That's uh, y- you know, old Kentucky home composed by so and so in eighteen seventy five." And he's like, "Well, that's exactly right. You did it." But as he's like, as he's about to play, he just plays like a little bit of Swanee River every single time, right? And and uh, Cramden gets really mad at him because he's like, "Stop playing that song! I hate that song! I don't want you know, like blah blah blah." And then of course, uh, the first the no, so he goes on the show and he gets it right. <laughs> How long is this going to take? He goes on the show and he gets it. He gets the first question right. And, you know, it's either when, you know, win a refrigerator or come back and try again next week. And he's so confident that he's going to win like a thousand dollars or something that he's like, oh, I'm going to come back. And Alice is mad at him because they need a new refrigerator. And he goes back and the first song they play is Swanee River and he loses because he doesn't know anything about Swanee River. And like that, like the big oaf who's too confident is like, right? It's like it's Cliff Clavin going on Jeopardy. It's, it's every single sitcom ever. Like, there's always that character on every show, yep. and it's so funny. Like the characters are so mean to each other in a way that you wouldn't expect. Um, yeah. <laughs> Alice is always, always making fun of Ralph for being a big fat idiot. Mm -hmm. And it's amazing. So I love the Honeymooners. Like, that's not even a a historical pick. I just love the Honeymooners. Um, I will ask this one last question, though, before we... We'll take one listener question because we're running a bit long here. Um, One last question for you. Did you consider taking the Cosby show? Uh, Yeah, I mean, like, on its own merit... The Cosby Show is fantastic, but I don't know if I can watch it anymore. I don't think I can enjoy it. I don't think I like the Cosby Show that much, where where I can watch that and not just think about it the, the entire time. That was and I my... am not, and I am generally not like we've talked about this before. I think it's a pretty personal, uh, it's a personal choice that everyone has to make when you're balancing, uh, you know, the artist as a person versus versus the art. And I, I don't really have – I wouldn't have a problem if anybody said, yeah, I can still watch Cosby Show and not I – can, I can still watch it and, you know, bl- black out sort of the person that we yeah. know Bill Cosby to be now. Like I, I can understand people doing that, but I don't think I can. Yep. No, I, could, I can't either. In that, and I, I thought about picking it based on its historical significance. But then I thought – but then I also thought in addition to like the whole how gross it is thing, I was like, how is this going to look to the voters? Yeah, that's absolutely. But like, that's why I think the way we phrase it was like desert island sort of sitcoms. And honestly, like, I'm not sure. I'm not sure I can watch that. And I don't know that I've watched an episode of it since. And yeah, no, I haven't. It's not. It's probably not going to work for me. But I, I I can see why. If, but hey, people watch Woody Allen movies too. So whatever. It's true. It's true. Um, Okay, we'll take one question. Let's try to pick a good one here. Um, bu- bu- bu. Oh, this is kind of a funny one. From R.M. Cooper. If they're coming at you one at a time and not Crazy 88 style, how many eight-year-olds could you beat up? One at a time? Yeah. 
Oh, I could beat him up until I f- until I got tired. Yeah, uh, I- I'm gonna say, however many. There's no, 14- there's no eight. There, there's no eight year olds that no eight year olds gonna beat me up on his own merit. Yeah, you can. I feel like you can one punch a lot of eight year olds. Right. No, I definitely. Yeah, I. Oh man. It would just. It would seriously. It would be like. And because I'm thinking in in sitcom terms right now, it would be like you know those episodes where like on that '70s show, Kelso had to see how long he could keep his hand on a van mm-hmm. if he wanted to win it, like, like like a radio show contest. Yeah, it would totally just be like it would just be uh, it would just be a stamina thing. Because eight eight year olds like once if you punch an eight year old in the in the face, it's over. Like they're not oh, going to yeah. come back up for more. That's it. So all 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 you got to do is just make good square contact. Once and, and it's over. Yeah, one, not that one, I've ever not that not that I've ever punched any eight year olds. One one kick right in the middle of their little like kick high chest, and that's mm-hmm. it. It's all over. So the answer is whatever you know. Like if I start in the morning and stop at night, like at bedtime, how how uh, how much am I up in a day? Let's say let's say it's you know. 18 hours. However many eight-year-olds you can throw at me in 18 hours, I can do it. I don't think I don't think you could do it for 18 hours. I, I think you get tired and just kind of tap out. Like like I would get tired of doing it. I would get tired of of knocking out eight-year-olds. <laughs> sure. It would get boring. Sure. So that's that's basically what it is. It's it's like how that's more what the question is. Like how long could you beat up eight-year-olds until you got bored with it? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, at first it probably feels pretty <laughs> which, satisfying, which, which right? Has, yeah, <laughs> which has come up for me before, and it's 11 hours. <sighs> All right. Um, so the, we only took one question this week. At some point in the next few days, we're going to try to record a uh, an all-episode, or an all-questions episode uh, for you guys since we didn't have a show last week. And... Uh, we don't know when we're going to be able to do that yet, but it'll be before it'll be, it'll another be real episode. And it's because we love these questions so much. They really do. Always, they're always so, so goddamn good. And we literally have like thirty in the hopper right if now. If we miss, if we miss a week, like I, I, it feels unfair. I, I feel I, I personally, I just want to answer all of them. Like yeah. I, I, don't, I would feel, I feel like I'm cheating myself if, if, if we have to skip over some, some of these. Yeah. And we do. We we get we get enough of them that that we have missed we have missed questions before. Like they like they just get lost in the shuffle. Yeah, we so I I fave the ones that I think are like really good. And Sean asked me how many we had faved or like before the show. We have 27 right now. Yeah. So you They're know, great. We appreciate it very I guess, much. I guess the thing is that like we keep putting out a call for questions. We don't really have to do that. But we're gonna in in the in the uh, in the all questions episode we're gonna burn through probably like ten of them let's aim for so yeah uh, I guess that'll that'll do it for this episode and then we'll have another one in the next few days so thank you for listening thank you for being so patient with us yep and uh, I guess that's it so long yep. folks talk to you in a couple of days bye. <laughs>